Chapter Twenty of Darkness and Daylight, or Lights and Shadows of New York Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Bruce Peary. Darkness and Daylight, or Lights and Shadows of New York Life. Chapter Twenty by Helen Campbell. Italian life in New York, scenes in the Great Bend in Mulberry Street, homes of filth and squalor. Fully a generation ago, the children who watched from New York windows for the organ grinder and his monkey, or those more adventurous ones who followed his devious way as far as they dared, looked with wondering eyes at the monkey's close companion, a child and sometimes more than one, dark-eyed, low-browed, and swarthy, with flashing white teeth that gleamed out at the least kindness, and a grace and suppleness of movement born under other than American skies. For the most part they were melancholy little creatures, and they had good reason. Their inability to speak English, and their terror at the conditions that surrounded them, sealed their lips nor did the public awaken to the outrages committed upon them till roused by the indignation of the few who had investigated the matter to the bottom and knew whereof they spoke it was the children's aid society that first sounded an alarm and sought some means of relief for the abominations of the padroni system this meant a formal traffic hardly less well organized than the old slave system by means of which italian children were hired from parents or friends at home or came here with them to follow organ grinders and beg every child was compelled to bring home a fixed sum daily if it was exceeded good if it fell below the standard beating and starvation were the penalties children died of want cold and privation nor was there any hope of betterment till the first school for italians was opened and fought its way to recognition and final success the organ-grinder was once an emblem of our idea of italian life and the recipient of all the scorn that busy practical america has for this pursuit it has gradually dawned upon us however that a man need not necessarily be a beggar who adopts organ-grinding as his occupation and that he may even lead a more wholesome and broader life than that of the shoemaker at his bench or the toiler in the factory or mine often it is true the italian organ-grinder represented the worst order of his countrymen he was the forerunner of the tide of emigration from italy that from that day to this has set steadily toward our shores a constantly increasing army of italians young and old drawn from the poorer and often from the most vicious classes the new york italian colony now numbers over seventy thousand souls and is still increasing it is chiefly the laboring class who come and they have proved efficient and patient workers at railroad construction and innumerable other forms of manual labor aside from this is a proportion and a constantly increasing one of professional men and merchants ninety-five per cent of all who arrive become american citizens and thirty per cent remain in new york or its immediate vicinity 
it was the organ-grinder who first carried back the tale of what might be done in the new country and stirred uneasy longings often there was no capital available for the listening peasant save that in tessa's heavy gold beads but she sold them willingly for passage money firm in the faith that better ones would soon take their place if they owned a little patch of land it was sold or sometimes leased and the two turned their faces westward one may see the type to-day giovanni in leggings broad hat and blue jacket and tessa with her heavy braids and gay flowered shawl just landed at castle garden and looking with serious eyes at the new surroundings the elevated road is the first amazement and a terror as well till custom has dulled the first shock at seeing trains in the air but for the first few days all is wonder from whatever part of italy they come they bring alike the melancholy faces that are part of the italian inheritance they are fatalists long oppression unending hard work and grinding poverty have all left their lines we think of all italians as happy easy-natured do-nothings and for naples and much of southern italy this is in part true but northern italians have much in common with new englanders they are abstinent frugal hard-working and patient but a little prosperity soon alters the expression and brings out the underlying type let us begin with the lowest order the dealer in fruit and vegetables or the rag-picker who gravitates at once to the region given over to his people here one finds them swarming in the great tenement houses grouping on doorsteps and sidewalks and forming with their vivid coloring their flashing eyes and gay-colored raiment one of the most picturesque scenes new york has to offer do they herd together yes but no more or perhaps less than at home as anyone who has been in genoa for instance and watched the stream of humanity pouring out from the tall old houses of the carmagiano district can testify they were not paupers even there though many affirm that whoever prefers macaroni and oil to baker's bread must be near that condition but they live on what an american would find impossible and thus lay up money even when earnings are scantiest take the great bend in mulberry street on a saturday morning a spot as utterly un-american as anything in new york the open-air market is going on and trucks and barrows of every description line the sidewalk a never-ending throng through which one can barely make way fills every available foot of walk tainted meat poultry blue with age and skinny beyond belief vegetables in every stage of wiltedness fruit half rotten or mouldy butter so rancid that it poisons the air eggs broken in transit sold by the spoonful for omelettes fish that long ago left the water all contribute their share to the unbearable odor that even in the open air proves almost too much for endurance over and over again the board of health officers have swooped down on the bend and dumped the contents of the entire market into the river but they cannot always be at hand and so buying and selling goes on great sacks lie along the walk 
they hold bread the rejected stock of the downtown baker who allows it to accumulate till hard dry or mouldy according to the weather and the place of storage it is sold at so much a sackful and the inhabitants of the bend walk away with their selections as content apparently as if it had come fresh from the oven at one point sits an old woman wrinkled and skinny as her stock in trade and holds out a starved little turkey as customers pause for consideration una bella polina a beautiful hen turkey she cries with a thousand adjectives expressive of the fine qualities of this desirable investment and presently a young woman after a fierce course of bargaining accompanied with wild gestures that seem to point to nothing less than bloodshed counts out the price grasps her prize and moves on smilingly buyer and seller vociferate and grimace and he or she who can talk longest and loudest wins in the end the piles of unwholesomeness and actual disease rapidly diminish even sometimes disappear altogether before the crowd of eager buyers and the throng lessens it is the sunday's supply and presently there will be a smell of cooking and herbs and oil will destroy rankness and make of the unsavory ingredients a meal which the purchasers will count festivity the homes in these houses are of all orders some squalid and filthy others clean and bright with red and blue saints on the walls and gay patchwork quilts on the bed they all love lilac a reminder to them of the orange blossoms of their sunny native land and in the season one may see many a bunch placed on a little shelf or bracket before the patron saint the organ-grinder may even bring home a bunch on his return from around he loves flowers also and delights in bringing them back to the children down on baxter street is a cluster of eight houses known as the beehive and here is a man who is organ renter and clock seller the business managed in part by his wife the organ grinder seldom owns his organ and hardly ever his monkey this same beehive has another tenant who trains monkeys and one who has long been organ mender the double house close at hand swarms with neapolitans who are chiefly organ grinders and fruit sellers and here is a monkey trainer who for a small consideration will show his pets a well-trained organ monkey is worth from twelve to twenty dollars and the trainer works patiently to give them the necessary accomplishments bowing holding out the cap for money and so forth they are taught to obey the word of command in both italian and english the whip being employed as argument but as little as possible a dozen solemn-eyed monkeys were in the cage when i called upon them and the youngest a mere baby of a monkey screamed for joy as the door was opened and he was allowed to come out for a little he was but half trained the others watched the master's eye and chattered comments among themselves while a child stood gravely by watching their antics this is the region of rag pickers and in cellars basements and alleys as well as in many a room of the tenement houses the work of sorting goes on 
bones and garbage of many kinds are often added to the rags and here again the board of health interferes as far as possible a thousand people dwell in the beehive and most of them of the lowest order yet there are few beggars and the majority work hard each day they give up the open-air eating that formed part of their european home life nor do they take as many saints days for holidays the new york passion for money is upon them and they work out of these noisome surroundings into something better in surprisingly short spaces of time the members of the class just above them the thrifty bourgeois make money as grocers hairdressers or barbers and go back to their native land to astonish old neighbors with their gains often such a one returns to new york and to the same quarters for the sake of adding to his store finding that the old life has lost its charm and that his days must end in america there is yet another class the chorus singers and ballet dancers in the spectacular drama and the opera companies they with merchants and professional men frequent the italian restaurants some of which are famous nothing has done more to make the italian immigrant contented with new york than the industrial schools which are thronged by the children a pair who had landed at castle garden at six were found in line at nine the same morning and announced that seven others would be there in the afternoon they know from others just what is provided for them and use every opportunity the great school on leonard street the outgrowth of the little seed planted in eighteen fifty five holds five hundred of them afternoon and night schools take in the most pupils since many must earn their support during the day the boys are taught various trades the girls learn sewing lace-making and so forth the building has schoolrooms bathrooms reading-rooms and printing offices where trades are taught and payment given for work that is done some stay away at intervals or attend irregularly because they must mind the stand or help to sort rags but all are anxious to come often they graduate from this into the public school and hundreds of good citizens owe their success to teachings received here the story of the school is like that of many another invaluable work for children in new york a part of the record of the children's aid society the first italian emigrants were chiefly a part of the padroni system and necessarily the lowest order of that nationality some fifteen hundred settled in and about the five points to which that type still gravitates but they were not criminals and they lived hard-working lives shut off by their ignorance of english from much share in the life about them suspicion and distrust had been born of this isolation and thus it was hard to make them believe that a school could be opened with no ulterior design below the seeming help three years of constant effort were required before any real foothold was gained the ardent opposition of one of their priests being the greatest obstacle 
he threatened excommunication for all who allowed their children to enter the heretic doors and went from house to house to supplement the curse given in church fortunately he collected money for a school according to his own ideas and then decamped preferring to spend it at his leisure on his own soil this was the turning point for the people made amends by sending their children to the school he had denounced from this time on the growth of the school has been steady the chief object was to cultivate self-respect and turn the children from begging and organ-grinding towards trades and this has been accomplished most thoroughly the maestro has become a most indispensable personage and is assumed to be not only teacher but lawyer doctor theologian astronomer banker everything that is good and desirable family quarrels are brought before him for adjustment and the gratitude of the people is unending compensation for the service rendered the italian government through its minister in the united states has sent formal thanks for the benefits extended to its people and the higher class of italians in new york are doing their full share toward helping on the work italians born in this country are much lighter in complexion than those born under an italian sun they pass for americans and wish to for they are sometimes made to feel that their nationality is a disgrace they enter every trade the girls are dexterous and skilful workers and many are found in artificial flower factories in one of these factories near canal street an old carbonaro spends his days in stamping patterns for flowers a gray-headed eagle-eyed old man a patriot and companion of garibaldi there are many of the same order but they work as quietly as garibaldi himself worked at his trade of sail-making while in this country in the region known as little italy many of the most evil and reckless have banded but they are a company less to be dreaded than our own hoodlums they stab it is true and steal and perform other undesirable offences but they are not as lost in degradation and often after a course of this sort of vicious indulgence they reform and take to hard work the colony has nearly eighty benevolent societies several weekly papers and a chamber of commerce supported in part by the italian government it is intended to establish an italian home and then the immigrants will fare much better than at present swindlers are always on the watch to defraud them and there is constant complaint that the bosses are often as much at fault italian banks are started in the neighborhood of their work and presently the cashier disappears with their savings but all this is mending the consuls under the direction of king umbert and the italian government are paying special attention to the immigrant and to the condition of all italians in this country and there is much testimony to their teachableness they make a city of their own and are one more element in the strange mosaic we call new york where every nationality is coming to have larger place than the stock which has the best right to claim it as home End of chapter twenty